FDR in 1942. And it started the ball down the road towards the imprisonment without trial, without any charges, of 120,000 Japanese Americans and Japanese nationals. Two-thirds of all these people were U.S. citizens, having been citizens in this country between 20 and 40 years. George Takei, actor Mr. Sulu for you Star Trek fans, remembers the experience. He was a five-year-old boy when it happened. And he and his family were rounded up, as were all of the Japanese Americans that were in the West Coast. And he was put on a train, a train that had armed soldiers in the front, in the back of every car. And they were transported from L.A. all the way to Arkansas and the swamps there, and a prison camp with barbed wires and sentry towers. After the war, his family went back to L.A. and there, because they had lost everything, because they were taking away so unjustly, they lived in the slums of L.A. And it was there that his rest of his childhood happened. And he remembers the discrimination the housing. He remembers the ability of not finding work because you were Japanese-American. Not a single Japanese-American or Japanese national was ever found guilty of sabotage or espionage in the States. And yet, during and after the war, they were clearly the enemy. And you know what to do with enemies. Enemies are to be feared. They're to be hated. They're not quite like the rest of us. Jesus said to those disciples, those faithful folks who gathered around, who he was teaching about the kingdom of God, he said to them, you have heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That was taken as common sense, as what the Bible said. The trouble is, of course, if you look up what is said in the law of Moses, you will never find you should hate your enemy. That's not part of Scripture. Nowhere does God tell us to hate our enemy. And yet, by the time of Jesus, that was just accepted as what good, faithful people did. Who is my neighbor? By the time of Jesus, the problem with enemies really begins with the problem of neighbor. Who is defined as the neighbor? In Jesus' time, it was narrowly defined. In terms of the tribe, it was the folks who shared the same culture, 
the same racial and ethnic identity. It was the same folks who believed and prayed in the same way. And so it did not include the Romans. No, the Romans were not our neighbors, nor the Gentiles, nor even the tax collectors and those who associated with Romans or Gentiles. No, they were not the enemy. And therefore, the command to love your, to love your neighbor did not apply to them. They were the enemy. Fear and hatred of the time limited not only who the neighbor was or the ethic of love, but also the understanding of who God was. Jesus gets right to the heart of small-minded theologies. Does not God cause the sun to shine on the evil as well as the good? Send rain on the righteous as well as the unrighteous? God is not limited, you see, to tribal thinking. The vision of God's kingdom, the understanding of God's love is broader than the limited thinking of Jesus' time. And I would say we haven't advanced all that much. God is the creator, you see, of all people. The Bible says so. Even the bad ones, even the evil ones, even the ones who we have a hard time seeing as our neighbor, even our enemies. Love. Love is what Jesus commands here. Now in the Greek language, there were three words you could use for love. There was eros, human sexual love. There was phila, brotherly love, camaraderie. And there was agape, divine love. The kind of love that is redemptive. The kind of love that transforms. It is filled with hope. Now can you guess which word was used when Jesus said, love, love your enemy. Agape, your enemy. Agape, your enemy, with the agape that God has for all people, everywhere, of every tribe, beyond our own, and our own limited understandings. The Sermon on the Mount, you see, shares the kingdom of God. It shares God's broader understanding of what love is all about. And we're invited to be perfect. To be perfect as God is perfect. Now, we got to work at that word a little bit. Because perfect is not, the word used here for perfect, is not free from mistakes. Because if we were to be free from mistakes, which one of us could possibly be perfect? The word here instead refers to whole, complete, to be fully human, to be what God has created us to be. And that 
is in the context of that agape, God's love. See, we can be perfect, we can be whole, we can be complete because God's love is there and it invites us into the love that transforms us and gives us hope. Now here's where we need to pay attention, folks, especially in our current climate where there is so much fear and concern of enemies. We need to recognize our own fear, our own hatred. And in that hatred, in that fear, we are moving away from God. We are moving away from the complete and the perfect, the peace of God to our own ends. We need to repent Repent of these emotions, these feelings, these actions so that we don't get swept up in the hysteria and the violence that they lead to every time. We need today on the anniversary, the 75th anniversary of Executive Order 9066, we need to repent as a nation For our past hatreds and discriminations that run deep in our soul to this day. This is not a partisan thing. After all, FDR was a liberal Democrat. And yet when he issued that executive order, it was going against God's teachings. And it was wrong. We need to not make the same mistakes again as individuals as a nation loving neighbors with a broader definition of the neighbor is what Christ involves and asks us to do love even on the enemies even if we can't bring ourselves understanding someone else as our neighbor it ought not matter when God's agape is in play. Now that's hard work to be sure. But not to would be to join in the dance of the devil. Who delights in the hatred in the dark places of the human heart. It would be stepping in the path of violence. Which only spins out of control. And results in more brokenness and pain. No, we're invited instead into the love of God to dance a different dance. To look into the face of the one who is different and to see in that loving face the very face of God. Let us be found in Christ's love as we move on as a church, as a people. We are loved by God above all things and with all people. Amen.